Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hi there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Ben and Jason here as we continue on to have a discussion in respect to negotiating with that one buyer slash uh, one bidder, Jason. Today, what we thought we would talk about today, folks, is that we would go through and have a conversation in respect to getting one person registered to bid and getting that dialogue in place and why we would do that. Why do we want one registered bidder when we don't have multiple bids or whatever it may be? And getting into the psyche of making sure that we are leveraging the auction process to the fullest degree possible. I think that that's one of the most important parts in this process is understanding your leverage points as an agent, understanding how this process can clean up the transaction as much as possible. Jace, uh, a common occurrence at the moment at our auctions is one registered bidder, mm. uh, certainly for the agents that understand why. So I, I think that it's a it, it's a good topic and it sort of definitely flows with the last couple of episodes that we've been facing in respect to having that one interested party um, that's in, in play in respect to that property. But mate, I guess that let's talk about getting that one person registered. Why would I get one person registered to bid at an auction when the perception of people is that I need multiple people and multiple competition in order to do so? What is the purpose and principle of getting that one person registered to bid? I think there's a few few elements to that, Ben. I think first and foremost is that uh, having one person bid and register is just another arena for you to negotiate it's another environment that's conducive to getting a result for you it's another environment for you to represent an offer to a seller it's another environment for you to go back to the buyer and say hey look that's still not competitive this is where we need to be whatever it might be yeah but why wouldn't i just get an offer out of somebody before auction well you might still have that okay but it's still important to take them to auction for a number of reasons okay first and foremost is that you're in an environment where your seller is in the room or motivated to sell and in a position where they're in decision making mode yep and so it's important that the buyer understands that, hey, my seller's committed to this date. They've gone down this process because of this date, Mm -hmm. okay? And so they're in a a mind frame where they want to see something take place on this particular date. Now, you can also represent your offer or you can present your first offer on that day and that's going to be the environment whereby the seller is going to be able to make a decision because that's the market that's turning up and they've had education throughout the process and they've had market feedback and information that's come to them to say, hey, throughout all these people through the property, this is where we sit at the end of the day and we hope that you're the best buyer on the day and in order to do that, you need to do X, Y, Z. And I guess there's two sides of this, getting into it a little bit deeper, is that you know there's the seller's principle and why we would do it as an agent in order to make sure that it's the crescendo moment for the seller in order to see the entire marketplace and they've probably likely already said no to an offer that that one registered bidder has already said or already offered prior to auction and then they have an opportunity to say yes again remembering one of the clear and i believe one of the pure advantages of auction is that when a seller says no they're allowed to be a human being because we can hold that uh, that buyer slash agent through to the auction and make sure that we can present that to our seller again but also from a buyer's perspective as well jason it gives them an opportunity to rethink their position and from an agent perspective it also allows us to have a little bit more leverage and making sure that we can do the deal right then and there mr and mrs buyer you can buy this property right now if you tell me that you will pay x amount of dollars which is a 
very different approach to the traditional negotiation standpoint of, all right, send a counteroffer out, let it take the time, let it go through this, let people rethink situations and decisions. And it does not allow them to actually have some definitive decisions that are made. So what you're essentially saying, mate, is getting that buyer and bidder into that auction room allows us to make a definitive decision in respect of what we're going to do. Well, what you're doing is you're, to an extent, you're removing the elements of time. With a traditional negotiation, with with an auction negotiation prior to, with, with one or more parties interested, there is a little bit of backwards and forwards. There is time. There are a few days. There are a few hours. Whatever it might be, there is an opportunity there because with time comes logic. Are you, if you yeah, remove but, the elements of time, then you have an emotional transaction. And so you're able to get your seller and your buyer into a position whereby there is a want, there is a greed, there is an ego, there is an emotional desire as for them participating and the, and the, and the property that they're there to purchase. When you remove time, you remove some of that logic, you remove some of those voices of reason that may come in, all those types of things. So you are in an environment whereby, hey, what's an extra ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in this transaction? Not that much. And so you're likely to get that outcome. Buy remorse is a real thing. Absolutely, it's a real thing. It, it is an incredibly real thing, and and you know it's 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 interesting. And any large purchase that I've ever made in my lifetime is that, regardless of me understanding that, is that I've you always second oh, always second guessed it, yeah. always have second guessed it, and it's just in the human nature to second guess things. And not to mention as well is that the thing that truly kills real estate transactions, I believe, is time on market. Yes. But going to the marketplace and having multiple times that a property has fallen out of escrow, a seller becomes defeated. The buyers understand that there's blood in the water and the other agents certainly do. Those buyers' agents certainly understand that there's blood in the water from that perspective and they see the opportunity to take serious advantage of it. And and that seller is worn down and essentially when, you know, if we cleaned up the offer or we registered that bidder and we took that bidder to auction and got them on the cleanest terms possible, which we'll get to in a minute, is that that seller would not have had to have the back and forward of going through that process of, of, of having the property fall in and out of the marketplace and and certainly tarnish a property's reputation in every way, shape, and form. I want to add another thing, and this may or may not be controversial, but when you're dealing with a property and you've got a buyer that's interested that's got other representation, not often, or I shouldn't say not often, not always is that other buyer's agent uh, helpful in the transaction. They can be more of a hindrance. They can try and get in the Correct. way. They can they can throw their opinion or their quote-unquote professionalism. And well, they're trying to justify a paycheck, Jason. So... But this is this is the beautiful thing about getting them registered for auction is that you're in you're in our playing field at, at that time. You Correct. Know, you, you take that agent out of their comfort zone in an environment where they aren't familiar with how uh, we operate our auctions or how our auctions in general may operate because they're not done you know across across the border across the country. It's not a common transaction. So that's an environment where we can gain control. We can start to can. Uh, control or navigate the conversation not only with the agent but with the buyer directly as well and that's quite important. As you mentioned mate, creates a clear line of communication between us as the auction team and the agent and that buyer. Yes, the agent is still involved but they are sitting there and that buyer and that buyer's agent then cannot hide their agent uh, well excuse me that buyer's agent cannot hide their buyer from the real facts of the conversations you put you you put that agent and that buyer in a room with 100 people that are all got paddles or they're all there for property or they're sellers or whatever and you've got 30 properties up you can't tell me that's not a leverage standpoint itself no that's exactly right but getting back to the real point in all of this guys is why would we do it 
if we only had the one registered bidder. Why do we do that? Guys, you need to understand that through the auction terms and conditions and through that auction sale, we have an opportunity not only to get them to make a decision as what this first part of the podcast has really been about, but it's also on the cleanest terms possible. So for example, if somebody is going down the path of registering to bid, they can do it a multitude of ways. So for example, if they did register to bid and they did just sign off on the auction terms and conditions, that is a cash non-continuous contingent, unconditional, no subject free, depending on where you are is the terminology that we use, okay, is that that is an offer that is completely from a standpoint cash non-contingent. However, if we then go down the path of that they wanted some variances to that. Now, those variances can be if somebody registers to bid, they can be variance to financing, variance to home inspections or reports or whatever it may be, okay? Variance to appraisals or whatever whatever it is. And then we have the opportunity then, once they have registered to bid and requested those types of variances for us to, absolutely, for us to then go back and say, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer or Mr. Buyer's agent, whoever we're talking to at that individual point in time is that those terms are not acceptable. Can we reduce them? Can we, you know, remove them? Can we do all of these different things in order to clean it up? Because one of the things that is the biggest focal point for most traditional real estate transactions is not about the terms. It is more about the price and the price doesn't matter when it's renegotiated later or it falls out of escrow. And that is what auction creates. So regardless of whether you had 55 registered bidders or you have one registered bidder, you want to drive them to to that event in order to make sure that they've got we've got leverage around making them make a decision we've also got the sellers in a position to make that decision as well because they've seen everything then from offers prior to to that that is the maximum that the auction environment is going to create all the way down to the fact that then it is the maximum that the environment is going to create and ultimately it's the cleanest terms that they are going to see. Guys, a clear point that I want to get very passionate about here and I will repeat it by the end of this podcast again is that we have only ever sold 2% of our auctions for more money than what we were able to get them before or on auction day after auction. So I will repeat that. We have only ever sold 2% of our auction properties for more after auction than what we were able to get them before or on auction day. The reason why is leverage. And not to mention as well, even if you were able to match that exact price we were able to get them before or on auction day, it would be on worse terms. It would be on worse contingencies. And six months later. Correct. Um, uh- I, I think, and to, and to strip it back down as well a little bit from, from an agent's perspective, if you are the listing agent, you're employed to, to do a job. And that job is to give your seller an opportunity to sell. And that opportunity comes in the form of an offer or multiple offers or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're at a point where you have not yet sold and you have not yet got an acceptable offer on the table and the seller said yes, the buyer said yes, and everything's hunky-dory, then if you are not taking that buyer to auction, if you're not taking that seller to auction, if you're not actually creating the auction event itself, you're costing your seller the opportunity to sell. You're costing your seller any thoughts of, maybe I do accept that offer. You're costing that buyer from going, maybe I do increase you know, my offer, whatever it might be. If you just go, oh no, now we need to transition to another auction date or traditional or whatever it might be, you've cost yourself that environment. You don't know what that environment's gonna yield. And more mm. often than not, mm. that's the environment that gets the result. Well, I, I, I agreed, mate. 
agreed. And and as you were saying that, you know, there's certain thoughts that are running through my mind, but it gets back to the practicality of it and and and, and what is the concept and the dialogue behind it and getting somebody registered to bid because a lot of people just are fearful about around having that conversation potentially, you know, and and, and I believe that it's a really, really I, I believe that again, you've got to go back to the the mindset of which we teach in the auction accreditation, Jason, and, and not to mention as well is that we really do preach is the fact that your job is not to find the person to buy the home, it's to gather bidders. Mm-hmm. And regardless of price point, too often an agent's expectation of what they believe the home should sell for mm-hmm. and then a buyer's budget get in the way of ultimately getting that person in front of us or in the room of auction or bidding on our live app or whatever it is. And the volume of times, guys, and I would say it would be in excess of 35 40% is that the buyer's agent or our agents are incredibly staggered how high that buyer actually went when they were pushed in that environment. Mm. Okay, regardless of whether there were other bidders or there weren't, it was an environment that pushed them to perform. And and there is no question in my mind that it would probably be above 40% that they're in an environment where the buyer's agent and our agent are shocked and saying, well, they said they would only pay this much, but then when, oh, when man, pushed, we actually got them through that point. So the, the, the atmosphere around the auction environment itself is the most important. The process is to help educate the seller, but it's also the process is is in order to make sure that we leverage that event in its entirety in order to take full advantage of it. But 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 let's let's dive into Jace. Let's dive into a conversation that you would have with a buyer or their agent, okay, around getting them to register the bid. So let's say that they've made an offer prior to auction. We're lingering about a week, you know, week and a half away from auction itself. There's been multiple touch points along the way because that's one of the other key elements as well is ensuring that you're doing the correct job for your sellers in a pure negotiation, folks, is that you can't just simply have one point of contact with them in the first week and then hope they turn up for auction. Mm. It needs to be multiple touch points. So let's go through some of those, Jason, and getting somebody registered to bid, shall we? Let's put it to us this way. Um, buyer has placed an offer on a property. Mm. Okay, That offer is early on in the process in the first week. It's mm-hmm. relatively low. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be the dialogue in that sense? And I know we've gone through some of this before, but let's give it a bit of a process. Yeah, look, so just as a quick summary of the last two episodes, guys, so go back and have a look in, at those ones as far as a little bit more in-depth review but again at this point i'd say hey look i really appreciate your interest it's come early on please understand that my seller may or may not be a little bit ambitious it may take some time for us to get our seller in a position to understand the market at the moment it's obviously gone through some transitions quite drastically over the last 18 months or so we certainly really appreciate your interest is this a starting offer is it a best and final really discover if they're going to be the purchaser beforehand what do we call it mate the journey of discovery the journey of discovery good job um really find out if there is an opportunity for a deal obviously that's what we want to be able to to, uh, to sniff out, so to speak. And then uh, if they're not going to do something beforehand, but there's still potential there, or even if there's not still potential there, is holding their interest. So it's look, guys, hey, look, right now your offer is not competitive to stop the auction. However, my seller's position right now has changed over the last two months, and I think it may change over the course of the next couple of weeks as we head towards auction day. So I want to make you really comfortable and familiar with the auction process. I want to yep. send you some information around that. Yep. Because the auction environment is the one that my seller is hanging on to right now, thinking that auction day may bring them this silver bullet, and that may not be the case. Okay, so what I'd like to do is to represent your offer at that time. Can I get you registered? Can I talk to you about that? So you've gone on the journey of discovery, understanding whether it's the best and final. You've also got them on side and saying that, hey, look, your seller needs to see the marketplace a little bit more. Um, so essentially, guys, if we were using some rounded out dialogue there is that if you didn't want to go into that that extreme is that you could simply say Mr. and Mrs. Buyer or Mr. and Mrs. Buyer's agent is that um, no now doesn't mean no later. 
Mm. Okay, is that I need you, I need your permission to hang in there because auction day is coming and my seller is committed to this process and ultimately I know that I know that they will seriously consider this if it's the highest offer on the day itself if they've gone through the process of elimination, giving their home a little bit more time on the marketplace indeed. Uh, as you can appreciate is that it's their biggest asset and they're allowed to want a little bit more money for it, but whether or not it is out there is something that we're gonna go on a journey of discovery with them, mm-hmm. okay? But I will keep you informed the entire time through. Exactly. So no now isn't a no later, but then I think that at that end of that conversation, that first conversation, um, is that it, again if they have said that you know that it is their best and final, okay, and there isn't any room to further negotiate, you need to obviously go down a different leg of dialogue and a different process if there is room to negotiate. But if they've said no, remembering if they've said no that that is their best and final, guys, do not discount these people. Mm. They're playing the game as much as anybody else, okay. You need to keep in touch with them. So guys, I would put them on my list of actually calling it probably twice a week, and they would be after both of our open houses for less than two hours at a time and it'll be a conversation where Mr. ring 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 mr buyer's agent or mr buyer just wanted to let you know is that today we had 14 groups of people through um and i have to be honest is that you're probably still our front runner at this point and people might think that that's counterproductive guys if i break out of that dialogue for a second is that telling them they're a front runner you know the, the or, or the or they're our number one buyer or whatever it may be is that the reality is that it, I think one of the real mistakes in any negotiation, which we've probably subtly pointed out over the last couple of episodes, is that overselling the level of interest because it does create a fear of like, oh, well, this is just going to go for way too much. I'm never going to turn up. And you don't even get them into that environment. You've got to lock them into that environment, guys, getting them to auction day itself. And you've got to do so because there's more dialogue that I'll, I'll use as an example is that is that you possibly could miss out on one of the best buyers in the area this year. I like telling the buyer that they're our priority at this point. They're you our priority have, at this you point. Can, you can have four, five, six different priorities, mate. Oh, exactly matter. right. You no, know, tell that, everyone that's, they're our priority. That's, that's, that's probably way better dialogue than actually you're our number one buyer. You are, you, you're our priority at this point. It's saying the same thing. It's giving the same impression, but you're not really just... It's, it's not as, hey, you, you're the person. It's just saying, well, right now, you're, you're someone that we're focused on. Yep. And, and you're right there in the mix of buying this property. Absolutely. And, you know, one of, the, one of the ways that I heard it explained once, and, you know, there might be a little bit of embellishment on this perspective, is, is that it's funny how somebody says to you is that, um, uh, well, I, I heard it anyway, is that they said, you've got to paint the picture of the marketplace to the seller. Okay, and if you've and if you keep saying no, okay, to people that are looking at at the property based on price and based on a fact that you know the seller wouldn't accept that, it leaves you with only one color to paint, and they don't get a full picture of the marketplace if it's in if it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to have multiple people there to paint a clear and concise picture that represents the true marketplace. And that is getting everybody there, regardless of what the color of it is, you yeah. know. And, and again, that's that's probably a little bit uh, philosophizing, but uh, but but in saying that as well, guys, is that I think that you need to take a, con- a clear and concise action here. Is that your job is to gather bidders. Now, some other things that you could update them with as well. Okay, he's ringing ring. Hey guys, you're our priority at this point. I wanted to let you know that you know our seller has actually reduced their expectations after our weekly meeting, and I wanted to make sure that I would I gave you a call. You're a priority of mine to give a call. There right. you go. I, Using I think, that dialogue again. And I think that one of the most important calls is the call after, or, or let's say it's the week of or the week before the auction. You know, with the seller um, and the auction team is then calling 
those buyers and saying, hey guys, just want to let you know that the sellers just spoken with our auction team and they're really committed to an auction result next week. Yeah, um, auction day is going to be sale day for yeah, them. We're, we're, we're super excited. They to don't want to own it come Friday out. because all yeah. our auctions are on Thursday. They don't want to own it come Friday. Um, you know, Also, d- engaging them a little bit further, even if it's an agent or a buyer, hey, what do you think would be a great price for this property? Oh, well, you know, 550 Ben would be awesome You know, for, for our buyers or whatever they say. And you say, well, hey guys, I need to get you registered because I'd hate to call you after auction and tell you that it sold for 500 fifty thousand dollars because you know regret's an incredibly hard thing to cure you can why don't we just get you registered to bid we can do the paperwork now save us doing it rushing it on auction day itself you guys turn up and if you don't like the situation you are not obligated to bid and it doesn't cost you any money to bid Hmm. guys my job is to get you there give you an opportunity and also give my seller an opportunity to sell Okay, so guys, there is multiple things that you can have, and I would be putting the people that you know put offers in, or that are that that are showing some level of interest, or haven't even said no, or even if they do say no, guys, still following them up and letting them know, hey guys, I know you've said no to the property a number of times now, and I know I'm probably starting to bother you. I just thought I'd let you know that we just had our weekly meeting with our seller, and they reduced their expectations. Okay, so this could end up with you guys buying an incredible home in the area um, this year. Mm. Could be the best buy in the Best buy year. in the area this year. Yep. You know, this, there's there's multitude of dialogue there, guys. And I hope that, you know, as we round out the end of this podcast is that we've given you some type of concept in respect to why it is one registered bidder can make all the difference. Because let's face it, would you rather have one buyer on a traditional property that places an offer that knows they're in full control and that you're basically obligated to really negotiate with that person and bend over backwards? Or would you rather get that one buyer and put them into an environment of auction where you've got more leverage you can clean up the terms and you have the auction team assisting you the entire way through i think that's an important and powerful part of this podcast guys that you need to reflect on and this is the opportunity to really change the way that you're doing your business at this point because it's too often that we are taking the path of least resistance and when we take the path of least resistance we leave money on the table for the clients that you apparently care about Thanks very much for listening, guys. Look forward to you tuning in again shortly.